When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight, uh, NBA free agency. Lakers pretty much did all the damage they needed to do over the weekend. Hopefully everybody enjoyed uh, their 4th of July. I know it's kind of a random week this week, uh, Tuesday, 4th of July. So we pushed Lakers talk back to Thursday. Uh, but I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We got a lot to get into, a lot to get into and what I'm hoping to do tonight is get an opportunity to hear from Laker fans and just get your thoughts. What you think of what the Lakers did? Obviously, the re-signing of Austin Reeves, the re-signing of D'Angelo Russell, the re-signing of Rui Hachimura, and then went out there and got some new pieces, including Gabe Vincent, uh, Jackson Hayes. Travis and I got a chance to connect with them earlier today. I know Rui was on. I know um, uh, Cam Reddish was on as well. So you had a few players that joined uh, the broadcast today, which was great. Um, so I'm going to start off with this. Um, I think for me, one of the first things that I look at once the, or at least you could say once free agency is over, you know how every single network, including ESPN and Bleacher Report and Fox, everybody does this, Sports Illustrated, they, they start grading everybody. Hey, how did your team do in free agency? How did the Lakers do in free agency? And it seems to be that for the most part, the Lakers were considered one of the teams that, hey, they won the offseason. They won free agency. Um, I, I, I guess it, for me it kind of comes down to what's your definition of winning free agency? Because I think if you ask me, hey, are the Lakers the favorite to win an NBA championship? I tell you no, I don't think they are. If you ask me, hey, if you look at the Lakers roster right now, did they make a move or two that now all of a sudden it's the West runs through the Lakers? I don't think that happened. And that's not a knock on what the Lakers did this offseason. I just think it's the reality of it. In my opinion, my definition of winning the offseason, um, I think the Lakers did the absolute best they could with the cards that they were dealt. I think Rob Palenka, I think the you know the front office – who had some decisions to make. They had some decisions to make with that number 17 pick, that number 41 pick, and the Lakers decided, nah, we're going to keep the picks. Uh, Jalen hood Shafino, Maxwell Lewis. By the way, getting a chance to watch in that California Classic in the first two games uh, that the Lakers played, and now, you know, obviously everything else. That's it. That was in Sacramento, and everything else is going to be in Las Vegas. Getting a chance to watch some of the youngsters there. But the Lakers made the picks. And then, you know, the, the the conversation, and I thought Rob Palenka did a good job when he was doing the int- introductory con- press conference to the rookies was, look, don't expect some big splashy moves. No, we, we want to bring back our guys. We want to give an opportunity to 
let this marinate, let this grow. And we all know over the last five years, the Lakers have certainly not done that. Um, if they are, if you're watching Lakers basketball and you want a plant to go through its seasons, it starts with a seed and then at some point it's going to grow uh, into some type of a fruit tree. The Lakers just kept uh, the seed wouldn't even have a chance. Like, all right, let's replant it. It didn't come in time. Let's let's try let's try a different seed. Doesn't work that way. And that doesn't mean that you can't hit that way because the Lakers have and other teams have in the past. But usually you got to give time for things to marinate. I think for me, what there were no surprises. Let's put it that way. There was no surprises for me in free agency for the Lakers that they signed the players that they did or they re-signed the players that they did I think was, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's no big surprise there, any shock value there. Um, But I think what the Lakers did do is they gave themselves tremendous amount of flexibility, and I thought the the pricing that the Lakers got some of these contracts in, I thought were incredible value. Now, that's the thing that stood out to me most from what the Lakers did, who they brought back and who they went out and got. Um the value and the flexibility because you're not technically supposed to try to have the best roster in the NBA by July 6th or July whatever whatever today's date is it doesn't really matter if you have the best roster on July 6th it doesn't what matters is are you in a position where you feel like you have enough good contracts you have enough good players at the right age to where if you do need to make a move to try to get better, you have the flexibility to do it. Nobody's going to need to have the best roster July 6th, but what's it look like come um, December 1st? What's it look like come January 1st? What's it look like before the trade deadline, which is usually, I think this past year was, on, it was February 9th. What does your team look like going into the playoffs? That's when I think now you need to have the best roster. Now you need to have the best players. Now you could be, hey, we have a legit shot of, of getting past the Denver Nuggets or getting past the Phoenix Suns or getting past the Warriors Clippers. Go down the list of whatever team you want to mention in the Western Conference. And I think the Lakers, by the way, roster as is, I think they got a shot. But I think it's safe to say that um, they're probably still another move away or so. But that's okay. This is Rob Polenka had to work with what he had. And the, the flexibility and the value, what I'm talking about, I, I'll, I'll kind of break that down because I think that's an incredible piece to figuring out the, the big picture for the Lakers. They re-signed Austin Reeves to a four-year max extension, and it was $56 million. Austin Reeves, who a lot of people thought, hey, there's going to be team that's going to, what is it, the term? I think it's the poison pill or something along those lines where a team out there, we've seen it happen to Jeremy Lin. Like there were some players in the past where teams would offer just a crazy amount and everything was backloaded. And uh, and you put the team that has your rights in a, in a tough position. Lakers offered four-year 56, and there wasn't a team that went out there and said, we're offering Austin Reeves $80 million. We're offering Austin Reeves $90 million. We're offering Austin Reeves $100 million. And I'm not throwing those numbers out just you know out of my you-know-what. Those were numbers that were actually expected at some point. I, I know for me, when I walked into, Travis and I were doing a show last Friday. Free agency didn't start till I want to say, 3 p.m., so our show was going to go till 1, 1 1.15, whatever it was. And we were saying to ourselves, I'm like, he's probably going to get 80. 
No, the Lakers got Austin Reeves at four years, $56 million. It might be the best value contract that's out there. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. It may very well be. Austin Reeves is a fantastic player, Both si- plays both sides of the ball, um, is a grinder, can create for himself, can play the pick and roll. He's a great player. Four years, 56, he earned every dollar of it. Again, I'm going to go back to the value. D'Angelo Russell, which, you know, unfortunately for D'Angelo Russell, he did something that you never want to see a player in the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell was losing himself money in the postseason. And he lost himself enough money to where he made $31 million last year. The Lakers got him at a two-year deal with $37 million. When the Lake Show got D'Angelo, all I heard was, this guy's about to get paid. He's going to get you know at least 25 a year. D'Angelo's not getting 25 a year. D'Angelo's around 18 and a half a year, and it's only two years. You didn't have to sign him to a long-term deal. You got the Rui Hachimura deal, which Rui I'll get into in just a little bit because I, I think there's actually going to be a lot of tension that, that starts leaning towards Rui because he, the guy's going to have some real expectations. He is. Rui Hachimura is a player that, I think 33 games he played in the regular season, um, he was okay, nothing great. I want to say he started in nine of those games. And then postseason game, and the man made himself a lot of money uh, to the tune of three years and uh, $51 million. So he's making $17 million a year. Of the three players that the Lakers just re-signed, tell me out of those deals where you feel like that's a bad deal. That you know what? No, that's too much money. No, that's too that's too many years for this player. All those players are at the right age. All those players have found ways to contribute. And all those players, hypothetically speaking, I don't think there's another team in the NBA out there that would look at those contracts or look at that deal and say, I want nothing to do with that player. And I'm not telling you that the Lakers shopped those players. I'm just saying that Rob Palenka was able to accomplish both. Not only was I able to re-sign players that I thought are the core of this team, that are young enough to help LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that can take us through an 82-game grind, but on top of that, they're all good deals. They are. Um, Rui's the one, I think, of the three deals, he's going to have the most to prove and the most, uh, at least as, as far as expectations go. So from that perspective, I think, yes, Palenka won free agency. Um, the Lakers still, they're going to have many challenges in front of them that they're going to have to navigate this year. Go look at the Western Conference. And even if you want to say the Lakers had a great um, a great free agency, they could end up fourth or fifth in the Western Conference, no questions asked, maybe even further than that, just because of the competition in the West. Denver is Denver, even though they lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. I think that's actually good news for Laker fans in the rest of the Western Conference. Phoenix Suns got a lot of talent. You may like their team. You might not. That's a good team. Um, and then go down the list. The Clippers and the, the the Golden State Warriors. It's kind of weird, too. Now you're going to see Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks on the Houston Rockets. They made some moves. Uh, even a te- even the teams that were all the way at the bottom have good players. Then you got Sacramento Kings that are trying to come back and grow on what they built last year. Does it help with Dallas that Luka and Kyrie will get an extra year? And they're trying to kind of change what that roster looks like. I saw that sign and trade earlier today with Grant Williams. So just because the Lakers had what I would say was a good offseason based on some of the circumstances that I mentioned, um, it doesn't mean that it's going to be 
this uh, perfect road in the Western Conference, that part I, I, I don't think will be the case. It's going to be an incredible challenge. Laker fans, um, I thought the phone number, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Your thoughts on what the Lakers did, the signings that you liked. You, you wish this happened. You wish this didn't happen. Um, your thoughts on what Rob Palenka was able to do. In my opinion, this from the trade deadline to today is where I feel like Rob Palenka, th- this is the real Rob Palenka. This is the Palenka that is. it feels like everything's running through him, that he's making the final decisions, that maybe there's less pressure to try to figure everything out overnight. Uh, Palenka has certainly, over these last few months, proved uh, what he's able to bring to the table under a lot of weird circumstances, the pressure of running the Los Angeles Lakers, the Russell Westbrook contract that was on the Lakers uh, for a year and a half or so. So Rob's certainly doing his thing. I'll take some phone calls when we come back. And I want to actually get into the new players that the Lakers got. We got a chance to connect with Gabe Vincent a little bit earlier. We'll talk a little about what the Lakers added, what else they still need. We'll do all that coming up next, uh, your phone calls as well. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, if you uh, want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. You know, I was mentioning some there towards the end, and I want to get into some of the new players. I know I got a couple calls waiting, so I'll get to those as well. Um, I was, ex- was mentioning some at the end. I, I think it. I want to expand on it just a little bit. When I say that, I, I feel like Rob Palenka. This is. How do I put this? I, I think when he first took over, um, just the way you know, obviously th- Magic Johnson left the organization. All right, everything was all over the place. Um, you had heard in the past that a lot of people had their opinion on uh, decisions out there. Now, ultimately, I'm sure it's Jeannie Buss and the rest of the front office are going to make a collective decision together. But you're also dealing with the pressure of, you got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis, you got Clutch. And that Russell Westbrook deal that eventually went down, um, Palenka, as bad as that deal was, he didn't panic. Let me tell you what I mean by that. And I think this attributes a little bit to where the Lakers are sitting today. When I say he didn't panic, what I'm referring to there is, do you guys remember, we traded for Russ, and a lot of people were excited about it. I was one of them that was excited. Uh, Travis, who I do the show with in the morning, was one of the few. I was like, yeah, I don't see it. And he was right. Um, and as 
the the months went on and you started seeing that this just isn't going to work. And I'm sure there are plenty of teams out there saying, hey, yeah, we've got no problem. We'll take Russ off your hands if it's not working. We know the pressure that comes with the job of the Los Angeles Lakers. And Palenka, he did not trade him in that entire year that Russ was there. He waited. And then you thought, there's no way Russell Westbrook's going to come back and be a part of training cramp, right? Well, clearly, Palenka didn't like the deals that were out there. Teams, I'm sure, trying to take advantage of the situation, which is, I get it, it's their job. If another GM or president of basketball operations is going to panic, then you're going to take advantage of it. That's just the price of doing business. But if you're Rob Palenka, with all of that, all those kind of challenges that were in front of you, what happened? He waited till the trade deadline and then got a deal basically in the final couple of hours that he thought, all right, I don't have to give up my two picks. Actually, one of the picks I'm giving up is protected. Um, I'm going to get players back that I feel like are a right fit for the Lakers. And now I think this offseason was, again, about I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to go try to shake up the entire roster. I'm not going to go get rid of everybody so I could make some space for Kyrie and you know, I, I'm accommodating Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Maybe that's what LeBron wants. Maybe does No, I'm, I'm going to try to just build a team. Go look at this team. This is a team. And I, I'll go back to what I said a little bit earlier. I'm not trying to make the case it's the best roster in the NBA because I don't think it is. But I think what Palenka did is he gave the Lakers a ton of flexibility. He's going to give them an opportunity to have some continuity, which has not existed with this franchise in a few years. And oh, by the way, the team got to the Western Conference Finals. They were a really good team in the playoffs, and they kind of had this grit to them, but at the same time, um, a lot of players that you enjoyed watching. So uh, now it's going to be up to, you know, obviously all these other players to, to grow off of what they've done in the past and see what they could uh, what they can do from there. Um, okay, I, I want to – Funch, can you – actually, I don't, I don't have the screen with me. Can you tell me who's on the line? We'll take uh, one of these lines here real quick on, uh, on Lakers basketball. What do you got there, Funch? Brian from Encino. All right, Brian from Encino. Brian, you're on, bud. Hey, how you doing? Um, so talking about, like, I really like the D'Angelo Russell deal, mainly because we got him, like you mentioned earlier, for a lot cheaper than going forward before the playoffs. A lot of value um, with his poor poor performance in the playoffs. I'm hoping best case scenario for the Lakers is he has a very good regular season and come trade that. Uh, honestly, a better playoff fit because we can't have people who are not going to perform in the playoffs. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. We are not the Clippers. We expect greatness and increased performance come playoff time. Well, and, and you know, this comes with the territory. And Brian, I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, one of two things can happen in the playoffs. This isn't just a Laker thing. This is anybody. You can either burn a hole in your pocket in the playoffs and it costs you a lot of money. Or, on the other side of it, you can really deliver in the postseason and find yourself in a position where you make a lot of money off of it. D'Angelo Russell cost himself a lot of money this postseason. Rui Hachimura got paid because of what he did in the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, the D'Lo thing, the D'Lo thing's interesting to me because I like the concept of having D'Angelo Russell in the regular season. I like the concept of D'Lo. I think he's going to get his 17 and 6 a night, you know, something along those lines. I like that concept of D'Angelo Russell. But I also don't feel all that confident that, 
you know, push come to shove. You're in the playoffs. Game's on the line. Two minutes left to go, and you're tied at 105. Yeah, I'm not confident that I want D'Angelo Russell in the game. Um, but that, I guess, just kind of comes with uh, with the territory, and you're going to have to prove to others out there. Denver was a good example. Denver, it was everybody had their doubts on the Denver Nuggets. It's like, yeah, well, let me see them get to the NBA Finals. Well, they didn't just get to the NBA Finals. Um, they went through the Lakers. They uh, they went through the Heat. They had no problems in the series before against Phoenix. I think Minnesota in the first round. They proved it. Now that stigma is off of them. And I think a player like D'Angelo Russell, uh, you're going to need moments now this upcoming year to, to show Darvin Ham, to show the coaching staff, and to show – the fan base that no, I, I can get it done. I just had a bad shooting series that wasn't a that was not um, a, a true description of who I really am. Okay, so here's some of the other players that the Lakers got. Um, some of the new Lakers on the roster: Gabe Vincent, who called in uh, this afternoon, and we got a chance to connect it, uh, connect with him on the Travis and Sliwa show, and uh, th- that's a player that. I think is a perfect example of the type of guys the Lakers are trying to build on this team. I'll tell you what I mean by that. He's a really unique story. Really, really unique story. Um, Undrafted player. And out of all cultures that you can walk into, out of all franchises that you can walk into and actually have success, Gabe Vincent was doing it with the Miami Heat. That's not an easy place to go. We had asked him a question, uh, why the Miami Heat, uh, wh- why do you think it worked there? And he said, that's that's my DNA. I am, I think so much businesses, companies out there, sports franchises, the best thing you could do is the style that we are, that we represent, I want to find employees that fit that style rather than a lazy player is not going to do well in Miami with Eric Spolstra and, and Pat Riley. And I think that's a good example of Darvin Ham and what they're building, Rob Palenka, with the Lakers. You got a lot of tough-nosed guys. Jared Vanderbilt fits that prototype. Um, definitely, definitely kind of go down that roster, what Dennis Schroeder was to the Lakers last year. Um, and Austin Reeves. These are all players that kind of have this – they have this grit. They have this, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to come to work. And I think that's what Gabe Vincent's going to bring to the table. I want to play actually one clip here real quick when we did get a chance to connect with uh, Gabe. Um, take a listen to this. This is Gabe Vincent on what he brings to the Lakers. You know, I think I could. I bring a little bit of toughness on defense. I can bring some playmaking. I can make open shot. Um, you know, I think I showed in Miami my game's pretty versatile. I can wear a number of hats and, and play with a number of guys. So I, I think I can come in and just, you know, try to impact winning. Um, in a number of ways, and, and every night it might be different, you know, depending on how this the, you know the season shakes out and, and what roles shake out to be. But, um, you know, I think I can impact the game in a positive way uh, with any group on the court. So I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to do that. Now the Gabe Vincent piece, yeah, I know I've heard some Laker fans say, yeah, I'd rather have Dennis Schroeder on the team. Schroeder's going to go get an opportunity with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Gabe Vincent, actually, this is one of those players that the story's not that much different than Rui. He took his game to another level come playoffs. Uh, His three-point percentage went up. He was much more of a threat. He had some nights where I remember when they went up 3-0 in the series against Boston, 29, something along those lines. Uh, TNT crew was out there. He went up, and he's talking to 
uh, Kenny, Ernie, uh, Chuck, and Charles, and um, or uh, Shaq and uh, and Chuck, and, and uh, there was a little bit of like, where the hell did this guy come from? But Gabe Vincent, I found him more in those big time moments, big time situations. I found him stepping up to the moment. That's what the Lakers are getting with Gabe Vincent. And by the way, hungry. And by the way, wants to win an NBA championship. And oh, by the way, the Lakers invested more into him so that they could pry him away from the Miami Heat, and they did just that. Uh, will he be starting? I have no idea. And, and you know, we're so early in the game here. Does it really matter who's going to start? I know that conversation always comes up. But I think with Gabe Vincent, uh, I'm just more curious how he fits in and how much he can actually contribute to the Lakers. Uh, Torian Prince the Lakers got. That's another player that they got. I think actually this is one of the more underrated players that the Lakers picked up. Um, he's a 3 and D guy. The guy actually, too, yeah, I know he's been around the league for uh, at least a little while. He's 29 years old. Um, but with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he played for the Timberwolves last year. I, I thought he was actually a nice player. I, I think the Lakers, he shoots 38% from three. At least he did last year. I think he's a 3 and D guy that will be able to help help the Lakers. Jackson Hayes, another player that the Lakers picked up. I'm really actually not too sure what to expect from him. He was, he was a top 10 pick by the Pelicans. And I think he's had, it's safe to say, a little bit more of a disappointing career so far. He's not a guy that's going to shoot on the outside. We interviewed as interviewed him as well today, and he kind of compared his game to try to be what JaVale McGee was to the Lakers or DeAndre Jordan or Andre Drummond, one of those guys, which, by the way, I see. I kind of understand it where he's athlete first, basketball player second, but we'll see what he can bring to the table. And then the last player that the Lakers got was Cam Reddish. So Lakers still got a couple open roster spots. I'm not 100% sure what they're going to do with those spots, um, but I think it's clear that they could use a little bit of size. Okay, and we come back, um, more of your phone calls and who's got the most pressure to live up to as far as their contract goes between D'Angelo, Austin Reeves, and Rui Hachimura? Uh, we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, if you uh, want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN. You can also hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Lakers offseason, D'Angelo gets two years, $37 million. Rui, three years, $51 million. Austin Reeves got four years and 56 Gabe Vincent signs. Torian Prince signs. Jackson Hayes. Cam Reddish. The Lakers still have a couple roster spots available um, before I get into any of that stuff. And I want to talk about the three that the Lakers signed, that they re-signed. Um, let's go to Henry in Diamond Bar. Henry, what's going on? Hey, Slee. I think the Lakers are going to make a push. But I think as soon as the season's over, we're going to try to get Bron. I think we're going to go all in and try to get Bronny. Try to get who? Say that again. Bronny. Bronny James. Oh, Bronny. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, listen, that that is uh, that is so far down the road, to be honest with you. It doesn't really do anything for me. If there was a projection, I think it was like a week ago, and the projection had Bronny James number 17 in next year's draft. Was it Atlanta or something like that? It might have been Atlanta that would have that selection. Um, doesn't do anything for me. It really doesn't. I, I, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. LeBron has talked about it. He wants to play with his son. Wants to play with his son, and if his son's uh, part of a team next year, who knows? Maybe LeBron has a team option. 
Maybe that's it. Maybe this year is the final run with LeBron James as a Los Angeles Laker. I don't have an answer to it. I'm just taking from what he said and what's most important to him moving forward. I know this year LeBron's going to try to want to compete for another NBA championship, and uh, that will obviously be the priority. So I'll go back to I kind of had talked about what, what the Lakers have done and how many roster spots they have left. they got two spots left, and – in the past, what the Lakers have done is they've always left one spot open. It gives them some flexibility, right? So they have 13 roster spots that are taken right now, two spots left. One spot, I think if they've done what they've done in the past, they're going to keep open, which let's just say that they only have one more roster spot available. A lot of social, I see a lot of people saying, got to get another big. Lakers got a lot of wings. I'll give them that, and – for a team last year coming into the season, it felt like they had no wings. Now they got the wings. Now you got Cam Reddish has a good size. Rui Hachimura has good size. Jared Vanderbilt has good size. Torian Prince is a 3 and D type of player. They they got plenty. They got plenty of wings now. That's not a problem. I think their guard, the guard depth is good too. You got Austin Reeves. You got Max Christie. Who, by the way, if you're not watching Max Christie, go take a look at him. It, when when this summer league starts in Vegas, and Lakers have a few games coming up here. By the way, I think think we're going to get Max Christie on next week. Um, he's a nice player. I know it's summer league, but man, I'm excited about what what Max Christie is going to bring to the table for the Lakers in the next couple of years. But you got uh, D'Angelo Russell, Gabe Vincent, Max Christie, Austin Reeves. I think you got good guard depth. Um, LeBron and, and the rest of the wings that are there. Now it just comes down to do you, do you have enough depth? Do you have enough size? Yes, Anthony Davis is unbelievable. Yes, Jackson Hayes is real size. He's 6'11 or so, somewhere around there. But I don't know if you really want Jackson Hayes as your only backup to Anthony Davis. I don't know if that's going to be the answer for the Lakers. So what they do in that final spot, um, I saw Mo Bamba just signed a deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I, I don't know if that was Mo Bamba just looking at more opportunities and saying, yeah, I didn't really get the opportunities with the Lakers. I'm going to try a different team. But they already have depth at their center position. So I, I, maybe the Lakers have something up their sleeve. Maybe they're working on something. But I do feel like that's the one area that the Lakers could do a better job on. And some of the players that are available, Bismack Biombo has not signed yet. Bobo, who we just saw, um, will become available. I don't think he's available yet, but will become available. And then the only other player I think that I saw out there that's not really a center, it's Christian Wood, but he's got a great wingspan and everything else. Christian Wood's an interesting one too, so talented. You're going to get him at a veteran's minimum? The guy was putting up 16-7 and seven last year, so... Uh, and started a, a fair amount of games for the Dallas Mavericks. So we'll see what happens on that front. Okay. I mentioned who's got the most pressure to live up to their contract. So D'Angelo signed a two-year deal. Austin Reeves signed a four-year deal. And Rui Hachimura ended up signing a three-year deal with the Lakers. And, and when I look at those players, which, by the way, all of them will be important. All of them. All of them will. But I think it, you know, expectations change, and some of that is based on how much money is that guy making? When you have a player that's only making $5 million or he's on a rookie contract and he was selected in the second round, there's really no pressure on that player. But when you start getting paid, that starts to change a little bit. 
And the reason why I bring it up, I actually think it's a it's an interesting conversation. I think it's a good conversation. Of those three players that I look at, right out the gate for me, when I see D'Angelo's deal that's only two years and 37, Austin Reeves, who's four years and 56, and we're getting sold that Austin Reeves is going to probably make 80, 90, maybe $100 million over the course of four years. Rui's contract is the contract that I look at, and there's going to be some incredibly new expectations that he's not accustomed to or that he's just never felt in the NBA uh, that's going to come moving forward for Rui Hachimura. It's not a bad thing. It's just the reality. I I think it's safe to say, I I I can say this and share it with Laker fans, we know how it is. There's a lot of times that we'll watch a player, and for me it's four years in a row that I've been doing the postgame show, so there's a lot of reaction to what the Lakers do on the floor and there's an overreaction. And some of that overreaction is, hey, did you see what Rui just did? Rui had 18 and 15 tonight. Uh, he was also Ding up, and he had two blocks. The guy's amazing. He's, uh, you know, the, the biggest steal in the NBA. And then the next game, when he gives you six points and four rebounds and didn't play in the closing minutes because he couldn't hit a shot from the outside, then it's, oh my gosh, can you believe this guy's making $17 million? Rui is is the one contract that all from all the Lakers that we got that were just recently re-signed or the new players that came in. Rui's the one where I think his expectations are going to change the most. And there's a couple reasons for that. If you watch Rui Hachimura during the regular season when the Lakers acquired him, He played about, I think it was 33 regular season games that he played. And in those 33 regular season games he played, before the playoffs started, I think there was a lot of, all right, Rui's okay. You know, I'm not really sure. Maybe he's going to get you around eight, nine points a game, something like that. But none of it's going to be all that crazy. Still figuring out, still kind of trying to figure things out. At the same time, you look at Rui. And you look at his frame, and you look at his wingspan, and you look at he's six foot eight, and you look the broad shoulders and his athleticism and everything else. You're like, my gosh, this can you create this guy in a lab? It's like the perfect NBA body. Then the playoffs started, and if you guys remember Game One and Round One in Memphis, Rui put up 29 points. Put up 29 points. That was a game where Austin Reeves saying, "I'm him." Um, and, and it was basically Reeves and Rui that, that won the game for the Lakers. But he put up 29 points, and it was like, where the hell did that just come from? And as the playoffs progressed, Rui was great. Rui was averaging around 12 points when the dust settled, uh, shooting, I, th- I want to say 55%, 56% from the field, shot 48 49% from three, was grabbing rebounds, was playing good defense, was blocking shots. Rui was awesome. And he was so good that he got a three-year, $51 million deal. One of the challenges I think that's going to be for Rui uh, coming up this season, one of the challenges is going to be making sure that he's just consistent. Because the the under-the-radar stuff is gone. Rui's now going to have real deal expectations with the Lakers. I, again, I'm going to continue to say I don't think that's a bad thing. And if Rui's game got better in the bigger stage, in the bigger moment where everybody was watching, well, that makes me excited about what Rui could do. 
Um, but those are going to be <laughs> – those will be there. This is not going to be one of those situations, ah, you know what, Rui just had – he had a bad week, it's fine. No, there might be a lot of games that when Rui plays well, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all that you compare that and you say, wow, Rui played well, that means the Lakers played well. Um, but in this kind of predicament here, once you get paid, certainly the expectations are going to change. And what's that mean for Rui, and, and, and what does it look like for him, and how much can he grow his game? I will tell you, I don't think there's a better place for him to be at. He seemed to be so comfortable in his role, and, and he had LeBron, and he had Anthony Davis, and he had Austin Reeves, so not everything was on his back. Um, the Washington Wizards, you were playing for an organization that – Really hasn't been competitive in a really long time, and they're just the team that drafted him. So a lot of times it's not how good are you specifically, but it's the situation that you're in. Um, it's the fit. It's the players that you're playing with. I think that has a lot to uh, a lot to do with it as well. We, we got a piece of uh, sound that I want to play here. Stephen A. Smith spent a little time on uh, the Lakers. When we come back, I, I want to play that sound just kind of talking about the Lakers, their offseason, what they look like, what they look like in the scope of the Western Conference. So let's do that when we come back. Plus, I got a couple of NBA stories that I want to get into. Uh, Kobe selected to the cover of NBA 2K. Uh, Damian Lillard demanding his trade should the Portland Trailblazers cave. So a couple of NBA stories I want to get into as well. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. Lakers Talk 710 ESPN. All right, Lakers uh, finished their California Classic. Uh, went 0 and 2. Let's uh, nobody panic there. Actually, kind of fun watching some of the youngsters play, and all the attention now is going to be on the summer league. Victor Wembanyama and Brandon Miller, I want to say, play tomorrow. Sold out in Vegas. Uh, I was talking to my buddy Trevor Lane, who was just flying to Vegas from Lakers Nation, and uh, it, it's interesting. There's a buzz. It kind of reminds you a little bit of the Zion days. It reminds you of even when the Lakers. The year that they won the Summer League Championship, it was Lonzo and Kuzma and Josh Hart and some of those other players. So it's uh, it's an interesting time when you got all these young pieces. It's a good draft, and we'll see if a lot of those players end up panning out. Got a couple NBA stories I want to get into. Before I do, let me play something here. Stephen A. Smith on first take talking about the Lakers and their position. You've elevated your backcourt, okay, with the acquisition of Gabe Vincent. You kept Austin Reeves, okay? You've kept D'Angelo Russell. You kept Hachimura, who played well you did. in the Denver series, I by agree. the way. And, and by the way, he's a two-way player, not to mention the fact that, again, he can shoot a little bit from the outside, but he's a big enough body to take the ball to the hole to create some offense that way, not to mention defending, defending as well, because he's capable of doing that. I like what the Lakers did here. They didn't disrupt things too much. They still have maneuverability to go out there and get an additional big. But the key thing here is that they're walking into training camp at the very least with continuity, knowing that the pieces that they have in place actually fit. You've got more perimeter shooting. You've got elevated guard play. You've kept your two stars in tow, all right? You kept your free agents, your restricted free agents in line, uh, you know, in the lineup. I like what they've done here. They didn't disrupt anything. It wasn't a mega, mega deal or anything like that that they did. It wasn't necessary. They were in the conference finals. You're good enough if you're the Los Angeles Lakers to get back there. You need additional peace if you're going to beat Denver. That is true. But you can beat anybody else. So a couple things there. And I think this is kind of the sentiment I feel like most – of the NBA experts, guys who cover the league, 
I think this is a sentiment that everybody has on the Lakers. Good team, good roster, solid roster. You could easily play a good 82 games with these guys and probably get good seating in the Western Conference. Um, but can you win the West? Can you come out, not just win the West, but actually compete for an NBA championship? I, I agree with Stephen A. on that one. You're, you're a move away. But it's not unrealistic. You know, this is not a you're a team that's just looking for everything's got to go your way and you need other teams to not have all their players healthy. That, that's, not what the, that's not the position that the Lakers are in. So the one move away, the flexibility that they have, I'm going to continue to say that if there's one thing that I was most impressed with with Palenk on the offseason was the flexibility. That to me is the most important thing and uh, that's the position Lakers are in. So offseason I thought a success, um, but the Lakers still got work to do and – uh, a lot of it, it's going to be growing from what they learned from last year. Some of those players that were in a playoff run for the first time. Some of those players actually getting better, improving their games. This upcoming year is going to be uh, incredibly important as well. Of course, of course, health is going to be there as well. And then it's just going to come down to, like I said, to, all right, the players that the Lakers have and uh, uh, what kind of moves can you make to try to improve the roster. Um, I saw this as well. This is kind of cool. Uh, Austin Reeves, named to the official 12-member USA men's national team um, that will be competing in the 2023 FIBA World Cup. Uh, how cool is that? Austin Reeves is somebody that is going from undrafted, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers on a two-way, eventually finds his way on the roster, and uh, you're saying, okay, hey, this is kind of a cool story. Look what this guy's doing. Then eventually puts himself in a position where, hey, uh, you want to make sure you're starting Austin Reeves, right? And, oh, by the way, you got to make sure Austin Reeves is closing out games in critical games in the playoffs. And even at times you were running plays through Austin Reeves. Okay, and then on top of that, gets his four years, $56 million, and now is going to be a part of the FIBA World Cup. Pretty cool story on the Austin Reeves front. And uh, that story only gets better with everything that he's been able to do. Um Kobe Bryant is going to be on the cover uh, cover of NBA 2K. It's actually the fourth time that he's been on the cover. Uh, this one's really cool. So NBA 2K24, they're going to have two different covers. They're going to have the Kobe Bryant edition, and then they're going to have the Black Mamba edition. Um, so it's pretty cool what they're doing here. Obviously a tribute to the late, great Kobe Bryant uh, I saw this tweet out earlier today, pre-order your copy, all that stuff. I just love that it was Kobe on there, and um, it, it was specifically this kind of two versions of Kobe, uh, the Kobe Bryant edition, Black Mamba edition. Last thing I want to get into into Lakers talk tonight is the Damian Lillard stuff. Um, man, it's a, it's a soap opera. And I think last week I was talking about, can you guys just trade the guy? And Dame, can you just walk away? What, what, why are you guys trying to make this relationship work? You guys got everything you got out of it. Everyone should be happy about the relationship. Move on. It's all right. Just move on. Um, the latest is that Dame only wants to play for the Miami Heat. That's it. He's not willing to play anywhere else. Uh, thank you for your time, but I, I'm only going to play with the Miami Heat. I, I always find situations like this interesting. I really don't think the Portland Trailblazers are have to do anything that's in the best interest. Portland's got to take the Blazers got to take care of the Blazers. Dame's got to take care of Dame. That's all good. Everybody can kind of have that mentality. Yeah, got to trade him to Miami. 
I, honestly, I think Damian Lillard's not the type of player. If he got traded to Philly or Boston or somewhere else, I, I think he would still be Damian Lillard and eventually get over it and try to do the best that he can. All right, that's all the uh, time that we got for tonight's show. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of the show. I'll be back on with Travis Rogers tomorrow. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. And as always, thank you. Have a great uh, rest of your night.